You're listening to 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. The time is 12.35. Let's go to Craig Warmbold for Community Comment. Well, thank you very much, and good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment, our uh, guest on Community Comment today. Normally on the... uh, Normally on the final Friday of the month, but the final Friday of the month is the day before. It's like, oh, yeah. there's, and then there was the final third Friday. Last year was Black uh, Black Friday and Thanksgiving. Yeah, last year we combined it all into only one one time, but uh, we were trying to get in just before the end of the year here one and, more time. And that didn't make sense because that meant we kind of missed out on the budget talks. Right. And we did have you here for the budget, even though the the... Uh, the budget did go up a little bit, and property taxes were, were a little higher. We, Of all the calls, we got one call was right. uh, kind of talking about that, which, which threw me off a little. Well, so today's kind of like the, ooh, I, I got my tax bill. Let's yell at the mayor. Yeah, yeah maybe we'll get a lot of, you know, <laughs> maybe we'll get a lot of calls today. But I think one of the things is, is that, you know, we were really trying to get out ahead of it. I, I like to talk yeah. about that a, a lot ahead of time and saying, hey, just so you know, this is going up this year. We know that. And uh, and I think it's hard to expect that it wouldn't be, right? I mean, you got to think about all the employees and all the things that are taken care of in a city and a school district and a county, as well as the referendum that people approved mm-hmm. and voted for at the Moraine Park. So all of those things combined together, um, you know, you, you've got to expect. When I look at my own taxes and I think about, you know, if it's going up forty, fifty dollars a month, and I'm thinking, wow, that's that's just for the city, of course. It's not maybe for everything, but I think it's a pretty good value when I think about the police and the fire and all of the, you know, people that give services. That the pretty good value of what we're getting anyway, or what I feel I'm getting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and yeah, there was no shortage of talking about this or news coverage right. or, or anything like right. that. We were, no. we were kind of give, or at least I really tried to give the warning, like, hey, we took on that DPW facility, parks facility building, and uh, it's we're not trying to sugarcoat and say it's not going to cost us anything. It certainly will, but um, it was a project that was put on hold for at least 20, 30 years, and we're, so I think everyone was pretty much understanding that, and that's the way council kind of voted too i mean it was overwhelmingly supported so and at that time interest rates were lower they were lower yeah. and at the same excuse me at the same time um you know we still see the the city even though you know i mean there's a higher tax bill in your in your mailbox this year we still saw the city having to decide between um some of these changes and increasing mm-hmm. the um the deductible for for city workers which didn't seem palatable to a, a lot of people so mm-hmm. there's still decisions being made uh that are in the best interest of fiscal responsibility given the uh type of uh, allowances that the state legislature legislature has uh, has made over the years and decades uh, we had state representative Mark Bourne on Friday I probably should have given you homework and had you listen to that show I meant to I wanted to <laughs> but I had something else come up and I can't remember what it was oh. now I did put it on my calendar because I had reached out to you and said hey when's Mark gonna be on because right, I, yeah. I did want to listen and kind of and Mark is great I mean we have a really good working relationship so um, you know I did I I know he he sometimes doesn't like when we point out the data and share some of that but you know it is data and we have to follow um we want to follow the the data points and and making sure that those things are driving directions at our level as well as the state level and and we we talked a lot about uh about budgeting we talked a lot about revenue caps we talked a lot about shared revenue we talked about ways Mm -hmm. to get budget surplus dollars to local communities um 
you know, on on the uh, the side of things that you don't want to hear, he he had said things like, um, uh, "Well, Beaver Dam doesn't seem to have a problem getting the money that they need for certain things, as we'll see on the budget." On the on the pro side, uh, it, it we spent a lot of time talking about how do you get money to uh, to a community. Um, when you have to treat all uh, communities fairly, basically, if you uh, put a formula into place, which is required under the state constitution, and you give X amount of dollars across the board, Milwaukee gets it all. And by the time you get yeah. down to the Lipsigs and the, well, I don't right. think Lipsigs Incorporated, but you know what I yeah, mean, the yeah. smaller communities, uh, that, that impact just isn't, uh, yeah, isn't usually, as much. I mean, anything that you put into place generally is not completely fair all across the board to anything, right? I mean, that's you would have to put something into place that puts in some type of changes for, you know, if your your community is this size or if this size or, you know, I I mean, you'd have to consider all of those things. And I think that for ease, which we have to do a lot of times, is that we put in blanket things that don't always help everyone. And certainly when you look at the city of Beaverdam, we fare a lot better than northern Wisconsin. Mark and I have talked about that, and we're talking about northern Wisconsin is really uh, struggling with with the uh, levy limits and the problems that are in place. Now, Beaverdam has done okay up until this year, right? We haven't had to shift things. We haven't. We've had other ways to make things happen, uh, but this year we didn't have those uh, opportunities left anymore, and that's what's happened over time. Uh, when you talk about benefits and things like that, too, I do think it's really important to think about um, our efficiencies and you know how much everything costs and you know that was uh, when Act 10 went into place uh, what was that 10 years ago or so or more and those things were really scrutinized and looked at well you know we've we've got a different kind of climate now as far as uh, workforce and such and the availability and so you can't you can't keep cutting it's you you just uh, you know, it's it just you're you're gonna suffer over um, over that. So, and I think about even the school district and some of the things that I just talked with a teacher yesterday. And you know, I don't know. I I guess I have just really great respect for teachers and what they have to do. I did the um, junior tre- achievement one year where I went into the classroom in a second grade classroom to teach hmm. about community. Nice. So yeah, and it's. Um, it, it was a great opportunity. I used to run that program as, and uh, the volunteers for that. And so anyway, um, it's it's eye-opening. It's, it's a lot to manage, right, and be in a classroom all day long with 20-plus children uh, trying to figure out when do you get to take a bathroom break, when do you get to answer emails, all of those things, when you have 20, 20 children. Um, and so and when you're looking at um, our education system and – kind of um, I really do appreciate I guess some of the difficulties that uh, Superintendent Stefano has talked about and such and just even talking with teachers our entry-level teachers you know they're looking at um, that they qualify for free and reduced lunches for their families uh, mm-hmm. at certain you know those uh, entry-level teachers so I think that's something to consider um, just all of these things like again how are we compensating some of the most important jobs you know, one of the remarkable things that um, Representative Bourne said on Community Comment Friday as it relates to schools, um, and, and, you know, maybe this is something that we hear all the time, but he did seem to give it kind of a sense of uh, urgency, not this session urgency, but in the next few biennial budgets that the uh, 
that the idea of the funding formula for schools in, in general just has to be uh, looked at from the ground up, mm. essentially, if I could paraphrase what he's saying, which is, you know, really a remarkable thing to think that somebody that's the co-chair of joint finance, that that's where they are, are kind of going, because that does look like a system both sides of the aisles look at and say this is kind of just not not working with the property tax burden uh, that mm-hmm. is uh, that is being directed to funding schools. Something different needs it. So that, that was interesting. Now, on the same topic of uh, education funding, to tie it back into the city, mm-hmm. um, it, it was kind of touched upon uh, when we were talking about the uniformity clause and the state constitution, which uh, has that formula, give Milwaukee most of the money based on the same percentage. He, you know, he did uh, say that there's been some, and I hope I'm paraphrasing him right, uh, that there's been uh, some talk going on about trying to apply the concept of school districts right now get something called uh, sparsity aid, which uh, is targeted for those smaller school districts and kind Mm -hmm. of bypasses the Madisons and the Milwaukee's. Mm -hmm. Uh, There does seem to be some talk about that, apparently, as it relates to trying to get this $6.5 billion surplus funneled to some communities, and and more particularly the communities that may be in more need. Now, he did keep saying things like Horicon and not Beaver Dam at the time, uh, but it does still seem like kind of a step in the right direction as far as maybe funneling some of that $6.5 billion back to yeah, and and that's it's good that they're looking at all avenues and thinking about that. And to to qualify like Beaver Dam wouldn't wouldn't make it. I mean, we are certainly not a metropolitan area, and I would think that just walking through this budget cycle the last time, you got to understand that there are problems. And I guess it comes down to also, you know, there are failing roads and failing infrastructure all over the city that that citizens know about and they want taken care of, right? There was the big outcry a number of years ago when I came into office and just saying, we're sick of the roads like this. We're sick of the downtown looking like this. Well, that, you know, there is some part of investment is important. And and so you have to balance that. And to say that Beaver Dam shouldn't be investing um, is just putting us behind. And, and that does us no good. In fact, it doesn't help us compete at all uh, for the new um, new new workers that might want to move here. Um, when you want to sell your house, it's important that you have people coming to this area. Otherwise, your house has very, you know, has a lot less value. Um, so anyway, and, and I think one of the bigger things is, is if you don't help, um, you know, all of the communities are struggling across the state. It is not just the Horcons of the world and the smaller communities like that. All communities are struggling. Um, and I think it comes down to if you want to continue um getting things done which the local individuals have said and it's important to them and they have said they want to continue to get things um finished fixed up and uh then it then the only option we have is is debt and that's what we've done in order to make sure that we can keep up on or not even keep up just try to catch up a little bit on some of these things um and so if you're not going to give us any other options um you know that's that's what communities have relied and and we've seen that grow now again just to remind everybody that you know the debt that we have is not um a ballooning debt like the federal government it's set up on payment plans just like we do with a car or a house uh, our mortgages, but uh, you know that still affects us in the end. I mean, when we send out the tax letter every year, you know, we break down what what percentage of debt do we have in the city. Well, it's been going up, 
And again, can we afford it? Um, you know, we tried to talk about, you know, bringing in new business, new people to live here so that it's spread out amongst more. But uh, in the end, the state is still collecting um, a $6 billion plus surplus of our money that um, could help in some of these areas. So I, I just think, uh, why are we taking on debt when the state is overtaxing and taking our money? So Yeah, well, I mean, that does seem like the, the system that was set up when it came to revenue caps, uh, the 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 freedom to have debt for large projects like the DPW. I mean, could you, off the top of your head, I, we didn't prep on this necessarily, remind our listeners what the debt cap policy uh, is in the uh, the city of Beaver Dam. The state of Wisconsin allows you to borrow so much debt, which I want right. to say is 5% of your uh, total value as a city. So uh, 100% of that 5%, some communities do that. I think like Green Bay, they'll, they'll, yep. go, they'll do that full 5%. Mm-hmm. Beaver Dam is, is not close to taking a, a 100% of that 5%, if that makes sense. Correct, correct. So Beaver Dam has taken a more conservative approach and looking at that and just saying, we don't want to get too close to that max, which I think is a good idea because, you know, you have to think about... Um, and not to say that you can't go to that max either. I think, and so the city has put a cap on it as far as saying we're only going to go up a percent. I don't know. They just changed it too. So I'd have 45, to, I have to I read back say, through it. It was in the 40, 45% range or did it go up a little higher than that? Um, I'm sorry. It escapes me again. Uh, we did just go through that whole yeah. conversation again, but but the the main point is is that we're keeping below what the state allows and you know it's a i guess it's the the way to look at it is is like a green bay or um i think manitowoc places like that they've had big projects come in that have been for instance like a big shipping project on the water right and so they need to have the capacity and up in door county this happened as well they need the capacity to at least you know get up to that level so that they can make a big project happen so we don't want to be always up against the up against the end right there and again there's a cost to borrowing we still have to pay for it it's not like we're not paying for it so you have to do it in increments as well we can't take it all on in one year or two years right we're trying to do a little bit of catch up and we've that's why we've been a little bit heavier on that in the last several years but uh, certainly we have to keep um, consideration of how much can we take on uh, over that time and i may have misspoken uh uh, to a degree there um it may be a schwabanon that taxes up to 100 percent because that's where lambeau field is located and Mm -hmm. i believe it was those type of projects i Either way, I was speculating. Don't don't well, take right, that down right. as but, uh, as as gospel. But there are communities that do that. Right. And the, the other piece is is that. But communities like that, like Door County and on places like that, where they have the Packers, they can implement a little bit more of a sales tax piece mm. that because they're tourist destinations, and so when they can they. I mean, they're, when you just think about the half a percent of the county that brings in over $7 million a year, um, you know, that's something that we're talking about is why, you know, if, if we can't um, 
you know, figure out something with, um, you know, if you're going to um, talk about reducing property taxes, it has to be replaced. And that's, I guess, part of the big fight is that uh, everybody agrees, let's get rid of like this heavy focus on the property taxes. But what they can't agree on is what do you replace it with? Because you just can't cut it. Um, like we've talked about before, you'd have ent- entire departments that we'd have to wipe out, which it just wouldn't, you know, nobody would be happy with that. So um, there, there were actually there were a number of different things that we talked about that were in one of the uh, things that he had mentioned was um, oh well he I mean this has been reported um, that uh, Milwaukee is wanting Milwaukee the city of Milwaukee is trying to lobby the legislature uh, to allow for a, a city tax and right now uh, uh, as you mentioned Dodge County's got a half percent sales tax uh, Milwaukee County no doubt has something like that on the books but cities are not necessarily allowed to do that right. uh, I assume if it <laughs> You would want it to be not just Milwaukee, but any city in the state that would do do something like that if the legislature were to take that kind of major approach to doing something like that. Is that something that you think Beaver Dam would would do? That's exactly the approach that, well, and I think so to me, it would make more sense that we did it as a state together and saying we're going to... Um, change the focus on property tax, but here's your other option. It would be implemented across the state because, um, you know, if a city, like we're struggling and we implement this and then the city of cr- next door to us doesn't, you know, it does. it's a little bit less appealing than if I'm, you know, looking at making big purchases, I might go over to the next community. So I like to see it um, like, like we're talking about it as an overall um, statewide type of, of solutions that we're working toward rather than everybody come up with their own thing. I think that is one thing I'm so frustrated with right now in talking about child care and how the whole problem with uh, child care centers and the state is you know funding part of that right now and you have every single community across the whole state doing their own thing and every other organization doing their own thing and where i just talked to um there's a group called Weeson through the the state, and they're they're in particular counties, and they give um, coaching to new startups for childcare and such. Um, well, she said, you know, up in this northern counties, they got the the oh, I know it was the um, Department of Public or I'm sorry, Department of Workforce. They wrote for a grant. They got fifteen million dollars. Their grant was writing for virtually a lot of the same things that Weeson already does. And so there you get duplication, you get problems of, you know, hey, you're putting money towards something that we've already shown doesn't work. And so it's much better if we can all come together and like, you know, work together on finding solutions on some of these bigger things that are a solution or a a problem across the whole state rather than coming up and, um, you know, all scrambling and trying to solve these things and then realizing, oh, well, that's already been proven not to work, or, well, this person's already doing that. And, and so it just, it, that that's my frustration with it. You know, another one of the, uh, ta- and I didn't mean to turn this into a conversation of things we talked about on Friday with uh, Representative Bourne, um, right. but, you know, the, the idea of roads came up. And, you know, I asked him about funneling more money into the LRIP program, which is the local road improvement program mm-hmm. in the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he made an interesting point about, uh, inflation and the the workforce that we have and um, 
you know, it, the fact that if everybody is, uh, it, he, he compares it to kind of the broadband situation right now where we've got all of this, you know, federal money going into broadband and there's only so many workers that could do it. So that's just driving the price up. And at the end of the day, we're just paying more for something that we probably might not have paid as much for if there wasn't as much money around and roads he you know he's making that comparison there too you put too much money into the uh, something like an lrit program a uh, local road improvement program you don't have enough construction workers out there you're just going to be paying more now than than the workforce allows well I'll, i would love to jump into this because i talked about this about a year ago before the arpa was ever where they were talking about the arpa funds and such and I said, inflations will be happening. It is real because of the workforce issue. You're dumping a whole lot of money, and everybody's got money in all of these communities to spend the ARPA funds or the the um, transportation, um, you know, federal plan that was put into place. And and everybody has the money, but we don't have enough people to or enough product or whatever it is to get those things done. And so I think overall, I mean, in all of my conversations and in and, and things that I in, in conferences that I attend and such, I mean, it really comes down to, um, you know, the workforce piece is going to be a problem for a while. I just attended Wisconsin Manufacturing and Com- Commerce, and they're really talking about the year 2035. And that's like, Hey, um, we've been talking about this for a long time. We're going to see economic contraction. We've, you know, the big thing, we, if we can't, if we continue to have more and more people retiring out of the workforce and we can't replace them, we're going to see this continue and amplified. And unless there's more automation, unless there are more people getting into the workforce that aren't right now, there's probably still some people on the sidelines. There's some people that can't get into the workforce because again maybe have children or a parent to take care of and there aren't um there aren't child care centers or there aren't in-home health providers because we don't have enough people to do it um so anyway that um i just think that is that's my opinion um is that and and so i just i fall back on um legal immigration reform is critical and it should have been taken care of a long time ago because you could look again at this data coming for a long time um and we aren't able to replace our workforce so i know i think i talked to you about one other time when um, i was at a presentation where they were talking about canada and canada has a system where you know, people apply to come into the country and they say, what are all your skills? Where can we use you? And then they place you in communities and saying you're going to fill these jobs in this area because of the skills. And so, um, but, you know, we're kind of, um, and, and I hear more and more about uh, at the federal level, than, you know, talking about the immigration um, piece, of course, because we see it at the border right now. But it's an overall problem that's just kind of been building for a while. Beaver Dam Mayor Becky Gluen, our uh, guest here, she, she kind of touched upon ARPA funds here just a, a moment ago. Uh, that is an agenda item that is on tonight's Beaver Dam Common Council uh, meeting agenda. Uh, we're going to explore that. Also, maybe talk a little bit about taxis. There's a couple items about uh, the shared ride taxi service in the city of Beaver Dam. And, and you yourself have made some really interesting comments just last time that you were here talking about you know, doing some type of, well, and also in city, not just here on community comment, oh. but also in city meetings and everything about, you know, some type of shuttle yes. that might be able to take people to uh, different parts of the community. So uh, we hope to get updates on all that here uh, after the break. Also want to hear from you at 920-885-4446. If you've got a question or comment for Beaver Dam Mayor Becky Gluen, we'll be back here in just a few minutes.
This is 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. The time is 1.04, and let's go back to Craig Warmbold for community comment. And our guest is Beaver Dam Mayor Becky Gluen, usually on the final Friday of the month, but because of everything going on with the holidays, we uh, have uh, targeted uh, this a city council day. Really, this is something we should do maybe in 2023 and beyond, is try to hit, like, a city council day or like before or after or something so that we could talk about city action. Oh, right, right, right. Before the actual meetings coming right. up. Yeah. Sure. Or right, right after so that people know yeah. what happened uh, yeah. last night. The, the, the final Fridays are good too. I don't want to get <laughs> get too crazy here. Um, but uh, uh, 920-885-4446 is that, uh, is that phone number. Hope you weren't waiting until the last Friday of the month uh, to ask your questions of the mayor of the city of uh, Beaver Dam. Uh, there there is a full council agenda, uh, committee meetings, the whole shebang going on tonight, starting at about six uh, six thirty. There's been some talk of moving the uh, the meetings, and is that are we still going to keep the uh, the first and third Mondays? <laughs> we have always talked about that, haven't we? No, I don't think we're going to move from the mon- the Mondays because that just affected you know media too much, mm. and so that that was an issue. And so I don't think the evenings we talked me. about. So me, it affected yeah. me, and you're not going <laughs> to do it. I, Thanks. Hey, nobody <laughs> saw that. I was pointing at you. <laughs> But, um, and I said media generally, but yes, you. (laughs) But uh, no, we um, uh, will, we'll just, um, the the night of the week would stay the same. Um, I think there's always been some consideration talk about changing the meeting times and um, it just makes it, um, you know, difficult for people to attend the other meetings, but then the conversation as well. When they do have the opportunity, they don't attend, and so it makes it more difficult for staff to, you know, change them. And so, anyway, we've kind of kept it as is and kind of had that uh, discussion off and on, but it hasn't gotten over over the hump from changing it. So. Are we still broadcasting on uh, cable? No, we do not do cable okay. anymore. Um, that's gonna that should be on Nathan's list because it we do Zoom um, mm-hmm. so that there we have an online presence now, but we also um, have the capability to run meetings on a YouTube channel. So oh. that is something that we should be doing. It's just um, it's it's set up. Um, it's kind of you know during that transition and things when things were happening, so we never put it into place. So, but that's something that you know Nathan could probably take forward. You know, I will say just in regards to that, my opinion, which I'm not supposed to give here, but I will. <laughs> um, uh, Beaver Dam School Board, Columbus City Council School Board, Dodge County Board are all doing the uh, essentially the YouTube or something similar, and the numbers do seem to be higher in terms of their views on the on YouTube as to what I'm seeing. When we have a Zoom meeting, which mm. seems to kind of just be, you know, myself or an older person or the city attorney or okay. something like that, or who maybe are joining a guest. at the time of the meeting. It do, yeah, who yeah. are joining at the time? It does seem like the numbers okay. kind of are are a little higher when that YouTube option is. Well, that's uh, good. Is out I mean, there. we do want to you know offer as many opportunities as we can for people to access and it's know what's easy, happening. Though. Yeah, you I, know, I mean, it's not like just snap your fingers and make it happen. Right, so. right. But we we do have the capability to do that. It's just that we got to get it accomplished. Yeah. 2023 resolutions here with Beaver Dam Mayor Becky Gluen. Phone number again, 920-885-4446. Let's not get into wait. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to have to wait to talk about some of these topics. Uh, How about that? Um, Two things on the agenda tonight that I want to talk about. Um, You mentioned ARPA funds, though. Maybe we should Mm -hmm, uh, start mm -hmm. there. 
Um, we, we've spent a, a little bit of the ARPA funds. I, I should, but maybe you know off the top of your head. I guess I could have pulled that up before I asked you the question. Um, but we still have uh, still have several dollars uh, left in those. Uh, in yeah, those we have ARPA the majority funds. left yet. Yeah. And um, what's uh, what is the the latest that you are? I'm trying to do a quick search on ARPA. Here we go. Uh, as far as where I think we're we at have with about numbers. a 1.3 million okay. remaining, or one you know 1.2 something. Right, right up, uh, yeah. right in there. You you received 1.7 million. Correct. In uh, in the federal stimulus dollars, um, 350 was put back into the facade improvement program for downtown. Okay. Um, business uh, continued business development and change economic development. We used a little bit for I think it was about 35 or maybe 50. I can't remember, but it was used for. Uh, a parks plan to mm. put planning in place for Crystal Lake Beach, uh, Edgewater Park. Um, can't think of, but th- those were the two main ones. Um, and then uh, um, we did do um, some some small things like just records, updates, and things that we could use through those funds. Okay, and um, so that leaves about one point three essentially. In mm-hmm. uh, time, I want to say like a five year time frame. We have till twenty twenty six. Okay, all right to so spend, but we do have to have well, and I guess that's uh, I think until twenty twenty four. So by the end of twenty twenty three, we need to say this is for sure how we're oh. uh, spending the funds. And so I have had a number of conversations with council and working through that um, we've um, you know we talked about it through with staff we went through with council and and kind of talking about the uses that it was intended for um, specifically that we didn't want to stray at least my conversations we don't want to stray too far from what the intent was is to make community change and so we're you know we're still having those conversations and um, you know, we're we're just still considering some things out there that might be possibilities. So um, this, in this council meeting on tonight's agenda, I am proposing to take forward a uh, an expense of expenditure of thirty three thousand um, dollars. This would be used to continue and actually build the person that we had at the city over the last few years called the community development manager person but this would um, be used to um, basically do the same thing but called it's called a main street program person and that person is um, run it's run through the chamber of commerce now, Main Street is a nationwide program Correct. that some communities sign up for, and it's uh, it's literally kind of meant to to bolster that, uh, whether it be the downtown area, the, whatever their Main Street may be. That's an ongoing program, though. It is. So would this be a recurring expense that the it city is, would... Uh, it would not. So what my hope is, and this was my intent always with the community development manager position, was we were building, right? We're building our be- businesses and our downtown and trying to grow those into stronger properties and stronger businesses so that eventually those businesses would be um, willing to take on that position um, as a part of uh, hopefully a bid or some other opportunity that they might be paying for that position. Myself realizing that 
a position like that is never going to stay in the city budget because of constraints and problems mm-hmm. that were coming up. And I'm going, I know this is going to be cut eventually, but let's try to uh, get it going because we know the extreme uh, positive benefit from tourism. Just tourism is a billion dollar industry and uh, we've seen great, um, you know, great uh, improvements in, in what we do here in our community and how that supports our businesses and then drives new businesses to our community. So um, I think it's really important. This is a piece to say, hey, we're going to support this through the ARPA one year. Uh, in this year, you guys got to figure it out. Hopefully get get that uh, funding support behind it if you want to continue it and have it supported. A, a bid, just to clarify, and we do have a caller hanging on and we'll okay. go to the phone in just a minute. I just want to m- maybe just uh, kind of put something of a conclusion on this. Um, a bid is a, a business improvement district that's like kind of a taxing jurisdiction then that's that right. would fund that uh, that position. Uh, 920-885-4446 is that phone number. We'll we, we come back and, uh, and, and hit up on this topic again. Maybe the caller wants to talk about this or something else, we'll go to the phones and say, good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Hi, thank you. Um, maybe I missed it. Maybe you talked about it at the beginning of the show and I wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. Could you talk about the significant increase in property taxes and then getting bills separately for the waste pickup? Sure, sure. Um, so, as we kind of um, touched on a little bit to begin, but um, have talked about before, is that there the increases that you're seeing this year are almost entirely due to the um, uh, at least the Beaver Dam portion, right? There were increases across the board for the school district, the county, and the technical college because property taxes are made up of all of those things, not just city. So for the city itself. Um, on a $100,000 home, you were seeing an increase of about $176 because of the um, Department of Public Works and Parks facility that was um, just built. And so that was a decision to take that project on for um, a legacy project of a, a building that should last for the next 100 years. Our, our former uh, facility was highly inadequate and uh, wasn't meeting the needs of any of our programming and, and equipment that we had. So, um, and that council took on before the large increase in uh, um, the interest rates. But so I, pretty much all of that increase, at least on the city end, uh, was because of that. Um, I can't speak for the other 55% increase um, from the school district, county, and tech colleges. Those all would have seen increases as well that would make up the you know 55% of the tax increase. Um, and then you asked about what was the uh, the waste uh, oh the waste um, so the recycling and and garbage fees that has always been something that has been kept in the city budget and uh, what becomes a problem is that because we are uh, funded at a state level as far as limits on our funding increases even though those increases happen with contracts that we take out with um, garbage and recycling we can't increase um, our um, we don't get an increase from the taxpayer that can be included in the levy um, because of that 
um, being a contracted service. So um, we had a million dollar shortfall in the budget this year that uh, they were looking at closing, um, did look at, uh, they made some changes as far as um, some cuts and things and got rid of things. And we also got some other shared revenues at the end of the year so that we brought that to a $500,000 shortfall. Um, so in that consideration, it was other considerations were talked about decreasing benefits for employees and some other options that we could do to, t to close that $500,000 gap. Um, and uh, council strongly believed that that wasn't a good option in the climate that we have right now as far as workforce and um, getting rid of benefits. And so um, their real uh, push was to uh, look at a um, taking the recycling and the garbage fees out of our levy so that those are feed services moving forward and then it reduces our levy so it provides us with the you know closing that gap that we're allowed through the state i will say it was not something that was popular of course there wasn't um you know, uh, I wouldn't say council was, um, you know, completely behind it there. Of course, it was pretty split um, and people realized the, you know, difficulty on, on passing along those costs to others in a different way, I guess. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah, is there the, anything uh, else, yeah, uh, questions about or follow-up I can do? or No, I, I, I was just curious why the garbage was taken off, yeah. well, you know, yeah. taken off the tax bill and the increase because it amounted to you know for me almost four hundred dollars extra so mm -hmm. per year so i was just kind of curious yeah yeah definitely it's for sure uh, a large increase for a lot of people uh, and just to think about then again uh if it's a four hundred dollar increase overall on property taxes then um le a little less than 200 goes to the city and the other 200 plus goes to the school district, the county, and the and the um, and the um, tech school, uh, Moraine Park, which I can't speak for what their increases were for. Well, again, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Appreciate that call. Had um, the new city administrator in Beaver Dam, uh, Nathan Teal, on the program last week around this time, uh, and he clarified uh, something for me that. Um, that I, I had been a little bit uh, confused on, I guess. Um, the There is savings from the levy going down. Um, That's right. Taking the, um, That's true, too. Taking the garbage off of there. Uh, but there was there's also still some room in there to kind of... It went down by about half, I want to say, is what... Uh, I, I forget the exact terminology he used, but yeah, basically some, some of it was savings, able to be used. Right, and right. Some of that levy space was able to be used for other things, while others was was part of the uh, was part of the savings. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it is uh, it is certainly a significant jump. Um, I guess I never really asked you your thoughts about saving, uh, basically saving the insurance um, deductible that was going to be passed along to uh, city leaders. Comparing that to the you know the ultimate approach, which was to make garbage and recycling a fee-based mm -hmm. service i mean that's um oh, that's yeah, a tough no. decision i would it, think it was, for elected well, officials very well 
I think you got two different decisions, right? I mean, the first decision to not decrease benefits and such. Well, yes. I mean, I would 100% 110% agree that it's just not the climate you you can't you can't be thinking. In fact, we should actually be looking about how we're ramping up our um, pay and benefits uh, to be make sure that we're competitive. And and we have done that. I will say we have been selective about how we do that when we hire some of these new department heads and when we we've been able to look at and say, you know, we I I was really careful about, you know, finances and area was very, very difficult to fill as well as engineering. And so both times when we had openings, engineering and finance, we were make we made sure to be very healthy on on the pay jump that we did as far as the the incoming pay for new people. Um, And then as well as our city administrator, we went to the high end for a community our size because we wanted to make sure that this was a a lucrative position for someone that we wanted to make sure that we were... um, you know, we were taking, uh, making sure that the city was taken care of at the level that we want to be taken care of. So we did, but I, I don't agree at all in saying that um, uh, to to reduce benefits. The, the the recycling and garbage piece was the other question, and that kind of broke down into two different things too, because they could do just recycling this year and then add in the garbage uh, another time if they had to, uh, but they chose to do both at one time. That that is the question. Um, Tear the bandaid off. Yeah, that I don't was know. a common term that was used. It seemed like. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, I don't know. It, it didn't seem like there was going to be too much of a savings. Although I would say that um, I, I guess I leaned a little bit more on the weight uh, for the garbage piece. Um, for you know if we had to do that in a upcoming year or something but also just because i knew that this impact of the uh dpw facility was going to have it was it was going to hit people beaver dam mayor becky gluin our uh, guest here the phone number if you've got a, a question or a comment is 920-885-4446 we'll take a break and be back in just a few minutes the time is 126 here at 95.3 wbev powered by daily dodge let's go back to community comment for more Let's go back to Craig Warmble for more community comment. <laughs> and our guest is Beaver Dam Mayor Becky Gluin. Uh, the phone number, if you've got a question or a comment, is 920-885-4446. In the last segment, we talked a little bit about the use of ARPA dollars for a, a new Main Street uh, position uh, that would be operated through the chamber. Um, we also uh, talked a little bit about... Um, about retaining quality city workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I recall there being a proposal from you about trying to have some bonuses maybe given to city workers out of the ARPA funds? And if so, where? what is the status of that? Yeah, so that was a consideration in looking at um, uh, whether you know that would be a, a good use of that as far as an inflationary type of um, uh, increase. Our bonus, I guess it would be more because you can't, it wouldn't be an ongoing type of thing. Um, and so overall, I think that's a real positive thing. I, I think um, in some conversations and follow-up, it's, you know, just kind of holding off on that a bit yet to determine some other conversations that have still happened. So I, you know, I have a um, good relationship with a contact at the governor's office and I just, I um, had reached out to this individual and said, you know, could we um, have a, you know, follow up and talk about certain things. And so we did that. And, you know, she had said, well, you're actually on our list to do a 
uh, talk about community um, needs. And so they get input from communities across the state. And so wondered if you'd like to be a part of that or anybody else on your team that you'd like. And so I said, yes. <laughs> I said, well, I'd like Nathan and myself to join you with that. And we'll, we'll be ready. You know, we'll come with a list. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Nathan and I did talk about it. And I think we were pretty smart about, you know, just identifying a few things that we thought might be of value to the city. And so we're just trying to kind of wait yet and see if, um, there's any traction from the state on that and hmm. what opportunities we might have. You know, there are conversations that I've already had as well with some other individuals in other state capacities. So um, there's some follow-up that I need to do yet. So we'll just, we're kind of just putting a hold for a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, more to come. 920-885-4446 uh, is that uh, phone number for community comment. We'll go to the phones and say, good afternoon. Welcome to today's program. Hi. Uh, we walked through the park to look at the Christmas lights, and it is really nice with the new sidewalks in there. Mm. Are they going to put all new sidewalks in there? Oh, my goodness. Isn't it needed? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. asphalt, and then you're walking on I mud. And, and we've, we go on vacation to different towns and walk some of their parks and it's really nice when they have the nice wide yes. sidewalks that wind around <laughs> yes i agree i agree and i'll tell you um <laughs> i kind of I'm from beaver dam so i don't want to spend their money but <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well that's funny but i i um uh actually i kind of started that thought process myself when we did the 175th anniversary of Beaver Dam. Oh, we did yeah. a great big party in the park, and I was coordinating the event at Swan Park, and I had a number of individuals. We were, you know, with the community meal. We were bringing in food and pies and all this stuff, and I just, a lot of elderly people, I just thought these, um, you know, walks are dangerous. They they were not in very good condition. So anyway, it has been on my radar. And so when we did the lagoons, that was a part of it. But we also did um, fundraise as a future project for an overall. So we did a, a, a whole plan for that whole park, a overall plan. And the walkways and everything are, are laid out in that plan. And... Um, and that has been fundraised for and actually National Exchange Bank oh. uh, paid, um, I believe it's $200,000 uh, for the naming rights of those sidewalks throughout the park. Oh, no kidding. So, yeah. So we already have, um, they've already donated $100,000 to that and they've, they've broken that out over four years. So that will be in one of our next uh, plans for the park is for um, improving those sidewalks. So... Okay, I said it was nice where they were nice and wide, and yeah. the wind, they're straight. I don't know, it's that winding through the park does something. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for noticing. We appreciate it very much. Oh, yeah, you could notice as soon as you got off. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we certainly want people to be safe and, and, yeah, and, and want to... Uh, uh, well, with the Gold Star Trail, mm. is... Is that going to end at Voltec Park now or Swan City Park? I, I think there was always a, a toss-up where that was going to end. Yeah, so I think that would have to be determined through planning okay. once yeah, once the funding comes through for that last leg and that's, you know, those are some conversations through DOT to make sure that we get that connection from 
the Goose Trail to Beaver Dam and where that ends up. But we have, at least in the city, we had determined um, that a trailhead is, you know, got to have amenities to it. And so that was one thing that we had written in as far as our grant funding and planning for parks is that Swan Park was the trailhead. So people would come in, they could have the splash pad, the lagoon area, bathrooms, you know, things right. like that. Right, yep. wouldn't have the, the bathrooms and Although, correct, correct. Although that was, you know, one thing that people would like to add possibly there or at the skate park was another location where you could bring people in on that trail. So I think those are all things and, you know, that we'd have to determine as the planning comes. Yep. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Great. Appreciate the call. 920-885-4446. That, uh, that phone number. Another uh, topic that is going to be on uh, the agenda for this evening's Beaver Dam Common Council meeting, again, 730 at um, the Municipal Building in uh, Beaver Dam, also available uh, through uh, through Zoom. Uh, if folks would like to uh, be able to uh, join in remotely, you just need to know the um, the phone number to call and then the password to uh, to punch in, and uh, you would be able to, um, to listen to the uh, the city council meeting, um, it, it concerns the um, the shared ride taxi service in the city of Beaverdam. Uh, this would be the standard five year contract that's up for renewal this evening. That's right. Yep, we put that out for bid again, and um, so Running Inc. is the um, shared ride taxi program that we'll be contracting with again, and um, yeah, we'll be continuing with working with them. The, uh, um, I, you know, I ask that because one of the conversations we've had uh, in, in recent months, and I think it may have come up around the budget, was the, the possibility of some type of shuttle that might go to the, uh, um, what do we call them, the uh, consumer points? The, right, uh, right, to uh, maybe some retail, retail, you know, points. retail points or um, hospital where people are getting, you know, or where people right. have hospital or doctor's appointments, things like that. Um, yeah, and that was another, um, you know, area that I had called for in thinking about the ARPA funds, how we might um, add some type of mass transit vehicle to the community so that it could help in that area. Because it, this has been, this has not been just a problem that we've had recently. This is a problem ever since I came into office. I've had many meetings talking with individuals across the community. There's a lot of um, high usage and um, not enough there weren't enough vehicles before. Now we have new vehicles and have all that through grants that have been going on through the funding, but now we don't have people to drive them a lot of times because of workforce issues. So, um, you know, one thing that we had talked about and I'd met a number of times with uh, the county and the city and leaders and and talking about is the possibility of adding a, a route so that we would have maybe two different routes, one that would loop to some of the apartments, you know, on South end of town and and include um, maybe the food pride area as well as Walmart uh, area and shopping and then also do another loop that would be more of the hospital piggly wiggly shopping area mm. and in um, some of that area so you know but 
that would take a lot of planning. Certainly, we hadn't got we had just kind of had conversations about how would this work, and um, so part of the part of the process of that is is though we have talked about for a number of years about the rates that we charge for a taxi, and we have very very low rates in the city of Beaverdam, so that uh, we want to make it accessible for people. You know, there have been some conversations about well, we should increase that and. In the past, we kind of held off on doing that because, um, you know, it was really shared that when you do that, you're going to see ridership decrease um, because people, you know, can't afford it maybe necessarily. And and so we really wanted to take that into consideration. Now that we're talking, you know, we are we are much lower than other communities as far as um, what the the costs are for um, patrons to ride. And I think it would also provide some accountability as far as the rider thinking about you know maybe sometimes how they use the taxi um, we do have some um, it, you know some issues with people just you know going from one place and then going home and then going again and multiple times throughout the day rather than thinking about maybe I could do some of this at one shot and that that would save some of the time um, but uh, we we provide uh, shared taxi services provides a lot of rides to um, doctors' appointments, a lot of rides to retailers uh, to get groceries and things like that, and uh, provides a lot of rides to children in the school district to get uh, to and from school. So, um, and also individuals that might work that have varying abilities and different abilities that might uh, be a part of the Opportunities Inc. What was used to be Green Valley. And, and getting around town to job opportunities that they have. So we, we certainly want to make sure, at least that's my feeling, is that we want to make sure that it is accessible to people so that, you know, it's a very needed service. Can you take a moment to um, explain generally what, um, what it is that, uh, that Beaver Dam is doing with a, a shared ride taxi service for those that might not be familiar with the kind of the public-private partnership that is, uh, if that's the right word, uh, a shared ride taxi service in a city like Beaver Dam? Well, all the funding for shared ride comes from federal and state dollars. So um, that is, it's all subsidized um, in order to make it work in a community our size. So they do receive uh, some funding through what people pay in taxi fares, but most of that is made up through um, other funding. Um, what I would say is, is one thing now in the consideration of maybe raising some of these rates is looking at then if you raise the rates for an individual ride and then offer the mass transit for much lower um, so people still have the ability to get around town at a very low cost if they want uh, and need that they could but they might have a little bit more inconvenience where they have to uh, take a more of a quote-unquote bus system but the shared ride system is um, I think it's been really good for a community our size and that we have at least some opportunity for getting people to in work to work and to functions and things around town that they need to get to if they don't have transportation. It certainly seems like a um, an independent taxi service might not be able to survive in a city the size right. of Beaver Dam, and a municipality couldn't necessarily fund something like that. Correct. Uh, and this is an interesting kind of uh, intermediate 
kind of uh, opportunity for uh, for transportation for folks. So that being said, if we're entering into a five-year contract with um, for our shared ride services uh, this evening, and uh, there are these kind of lofty ideas about in- implementing this shuttle service, well, is that something that can be done here in the next mm-hmm. five years? Are we locked into a five-year contract? Do we have to wait five years for that to happen? Yeah, good question, because as I was um, sharing this thought and saying, you know, we really should be considering this right now as we have ARPA funding available, then uh, the conversation well, we got this contract that's coming up. So we did reach out to uh, the DOT as well as Running Inc. and talked with both of them. And then uh, just to make sure that we would have the opportunity to still add that as a service, as a part of this contract. Um, and Running was open to that as well as uh, DOT. So those are a lot of uh, meetings that need to you know come in the future again. That'll be on Nathan to kind of schedule that now. That's no longer my task, which in the past it would have been. But uh, so, you know, those are, it takes time. And, and so those conversations will start eventually and, and talking about if we can actually make that happen. So um, so let's talk about that for uh, for a little bit, because we've got a new city administrator in place. The role of the Beaver Dam mayor has been part-time for a little bit longer than that. Um, are we at where you thought we would be in terms of the distribution of responsibilities and the role of a part-time mayor? Is that, are we where we should be? Yeah. Well, I've never done this, uh, you know, <laughs> switch <laughs> this point. over, right? <laughs> but I do feel like, yes, that it's, I think we're doing the right thing at the right time and and that things are moving well. And I think um, Nathan certainly has jumped in and he's done a great job of, you know, he's taken over all the operational pieces and he, he's been doing a great job getting to know the community and getting out in the community. So um, I certainly think think that that's all going well and um, I think we'll continue to see that transition further um, it it all depends on the mayor a lot too like how the how involved the mayor wants to be and what the mayor um, what type of mayor that person is so I tend to be you know pretty involved in some things and I feel like you know it's kind of my passion so I kind of have st- maybe I'm, I'm staying on and maybe that'll change in the future with other things but um, I know that in speaking with other uh, administrators there are some uh, mayors that are very very hands-off so um, it I think it all depends on um, certainly the administrator in place and just who the mayor is too and how that all works out. Beaver Dam Mayor Becky Glue and our guest here we're going to take a break and we'll be back to wrap things up in just a minute. You are listening to Community Comment here on 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. Let's go back to Craig Warmbold. And our guest, Beaver Dam Mayor Becky Gluen. The phone number, if you've got a question or a comment, is 920-885-4446. And we're going to begin this segment by going to the phones and saying, good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Happy Rich, holidays, your Rich. Your ears must have been burning because the mayor told me during the <laughs> break just now, oh, I can't believe Rich hasn't called because I've got something of an update on the whole Madison Street thing. Well, I... before she gives me the update, I just want to say two weeks ago, I was walking through there Uh-oh. where it's dark, you know, where that curb comes up, and um, one car... Literally, I had to jump off the street for the car to miss me. And another car, because I wasn't paying attention, swerved around me. 
at wow. the last second. Wow. So, honestly, um, the manager at one of the managers at Dollar General said she's had two customers already complain about the darkness and almost got hit. So that's three people that I know of. Really? Well, I don't think and, you're going to like what the mayor's got to say then, Rich. <laughs> uh, and I did tell her how hard it would be to get lighting out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also want to throw in really quick what you were talking about with the uh, transit system. And, of course, I think you guys know right now I'm taking the cab. And I know a lot of the drivers. And all the drivers I mentioned to about your idea with the transit system loved it. Oh, good. They're all for it. Oh, that's great to hear. Seems like I it didn't makes have a lot one driver say anything negative about it. And uh, some of them would say right away, when is this going to happen? Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It would be nice if it was sooner than later. So you are getting positive feedback. Okay, that's really good to hear. Thanks for um, doing a little focus group on that. <laughs> yeah, now, now give me the sad news, I guess. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. Okay, well, this is the thing. It's not, okay, you need to keep considering, like, the process, right? So this is from the highway commissioner from the county because that's county um the county road there so yeah, and the county will put street lights in that's the town right? that's the town that's right and, and so that's like pulling teeth because they don't have any extra money they don't they don't need to require that exactly so anyway so the commissioner sent me the um w the wisconsin dot guidance on crosswalk installation um mm-hmm. and so anyway he's saying that the the intersection there does not meet the criteria for crosswalks as there are no ada compliant curb ramps or sidewalks furthermore there will be snow banks at these corners in the winter season hindering pedestrians from stepping out of traffic after they cross the street so basically the county is saying no uh, they wouldn't put crosswalks there initially i just had a conversation with him and he thought well maybe that was a good idea but anyway kind of uh, sounds like he looked into this through the dot and does not believe that that would be a good option so you know i this is kind of what i was talking to craig about though is just saying you know the government allows a process for these types of things and i you know, at the last uh, community comment when I was on, you know, you said, well, Becky, you can just handle this and you can contact him. And I have, and I have been doing that, and I've been contacting him and asking him questions. When you get the answers that you don't want, though, it's, I, I can't really do much more. That's their jurisdiction. Um, what what the process is, right, is that people organize, uh, people get, you know, and either petition or go in, in front of the highway commission and they talk with them or you know uh, things like that i will i will bring this to our meeting tonight as an announcement and just talking to council about this and sharing yeah um, because we got a big snowstorm coming up and when they plow they don't get all the way over to the curb so we're walking even further into the street and it is very very dark in that area but craig gave me a good idea and i will let craig know I went out and bought a brighter stocking cap. Yeah, oh, there you go. You shouldn't be wearing so dark-colored clothes, Rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but my my winter coat is black. Yeah. Uh, well, do you you can get those um you know the cover the vests, vests those vests that are reflective. I mean, I absolutely would wear one of those if you're out walking at night. I well, even my if you're not on a sidewalk. My stocking cap is going to be or or is that color? I know I'd still wear a vest though because. 
Okay. Just as much as you can get, you know, as as visible as you can be, people need to, you know, they're distracted a lot of times. And I just yeah, I just got my fingers crossed yeah. so that somebody doesn't actually get it. Yeah, well, I agree. I agree. We certainly don't want that. And you know, I'll say, I just want to reiterate though, and just saying, um, Rich, is that I'll talk to council, but councils um, more of what my reasoning for talking to council about this would be saying this is a gateway area to the community that should be the city of beaver dam that we have control over so you know those are, those are things that we've talked about in how that area of the community should be annexed into the city that's a longer conversation and that'll take longer um, but i just i'll take that to council and saying hey we still need to keep that on our radar and saying that but if you want to pursue more of the at least painting crosswalks or things like that i really think it's got to come from the people you need to contact these other individuals and talk to them about that and like i said brightness out there would help but i was going to remind you of what you just said incorporating that into the city of beaver dam mm -hmm. then you'd be able to do what you want to out there mm -hmm. right i mean you could get a couple street lights out there then correct but you need those residents on board and those residents would probably then be hit immediately with an assessment for sidewalks you know there's yeah. the, that don't be a downer I, sorry. <laughs> sorry that was a pretty downer thing I well know. there was a lot of conversation around that when the quick trip went in there and there's a number of properties that do want to come in because of the septic uh but it, it's something that can't be organized again by the city it's yeah. got to come from that, the now, residents if that would become the city becky then you could put street lights there correct yes mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. That would, I mean, that would be a big help Assuming even if they didn't money. have a pedestrian crossing just to get that black, a darkness out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Rich, thanks for the call. I got another caller yeah. hanging on. We're right, running out of you. time. Merry Christmas. Merry Rich. Christmas to you, Rich. Hope to hear thank from you, you before uh, Christmas um, here thank on you. Community Comment. We'll go back to the phones and say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Good afternoon. Hi, Marilyn. I'm glad that you brought up the reflective. Um, solutions that are clearly available to him. We have a number of businesses in town that do sell reflective things and or could be made for him instead of it always being the most um, expensive option of what to do. Certainly bicyclists and, and joggers, etc., have had to deal with visibility for forever. Yeah. And um, there's not always endless money by the municipalities to go and and um, put in the most expensive solution. That's a great point, Marilyn. Thank you. Yeah, that is a good point. But you know, I mean, I think it wouldn't, uh, Marilyn. Just here is uh, for the case of uh, argument. I mean, wouldn't the municipality uh, bear some responsibility for the safety of? Uh, those those younger people, maybe you know, we've heard about people that are walking a, a baby stroller down to the quick trip so that they can get some milk or whatever it may be. With these new businesses in town, Marilyn, would you suggest that you know, I mean, the municipality should have some responsibility? Some responsibility. I would say that that should have been taken care of in the planning stages for the building of the buildings there and anticipating potential pedestrian and and um, other traffic but you know we're so used to as a country 
uh, always putting the responsibility back on the government instead of taking some responsibility for themselves when there are economical solutions for things. Yeah. You know, they, they could go to um, the sewing store and, on Front Street and uh, go to Joanne Fabrics and, you know, buy something pretty inexpensive or even things that at Menards and Walmart. And there's a lot of places that they could go and get something, you know, or, or the flags that you would mount on bicycles that, that have reflective flags on there. I mean, we're talking um, about this for eternity, it feels like, when, you know, the solution that that you came up with for the post office was putting a flag out there, and that seems to have helped that problem somewhat. Well, very low-cost solution. Yeah, Yeah, excellent points, all of them, uh, Marilyn. And we appreciate you calling in. I think we're up against the clock here. Uh, But we do have a few more seconds if you want to make a final comment. No, that's it. Thanks. Appreciate it. Then, Mayor, you have a few seconds if you would like to make a final comment. Uh, you know, we'll ask you about uh, 2023 in uh, in general. Um, any any things on your radar? Any things you'd like to accomplish here? Well, sure. I think that um, I, I think that you know, staying the course basically and looking at a lot of the areas that we've seen improvement. Certainly, you, you know that my drive for continued improvement in our business district and how important Main Street is to the community overall not just to downtown, but overall um, what we build and and as far as build community around that area. And so, um, you know, a priority is continued on housing. Um, you know, we've got our, our feet in there for a couple of places, but we're still working on uh, a couple of other things. So we'll, we'll continue in that regards. I'd love to see, um, you know, some type of uh, ability through the state to focus on our parks. When I talk about, we've put together maybe some plans for or improvements for parks. People are extremely dedicated and, and interested in seeing parks improved, yet we don't have funding for that. And so um, when I attended one other conference, you know, a, a, a state in the South talked about, I think it was Tennessee, and they talked about their trail systems and things that they have uh, or park systems. And they were allowed through the state to put in, through referendum, um, a, a sales tax on a small percentage of sales tax for a project. So for instance, we could go to the community and say, are you interested in seeing the um, audit, not the auditorium, what do you, the shell, the band shell and sitting area improved at Swan Park and you would commit uh, 0.5, you know, you know, I don't know, an eighth of a percent of a penny for every, for three years. And it would raise this much money and then we could improve that. And overwhelmingly, time and time again, people voted for those types of projects in this community in another state and said, yes, we want those things. And, and then after that uh, improvement was made, uh, so the that's improved and then we're done and that tax goes away. And I think that's the biggest control that we as taxpayers like to have is saying, 
hey, yeah, we ag- all agree we want to have that improved. And, and so then they would just say, well, now we'll move on to another park improvement. And, and so anyway, uh, th- it would be nice to have some options like that. But that's what my hope is for 2023. My hope for 2023 would be to only have tax increases of one-eighth of a penny. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> so that if we could do that, ours. that would be great. <laughs> uh, it's been wonderful uh, here in 2022, and uh, we uh, look forward to uh, future conversations, uh, perhaps in a different context here as we move into 2023. But thank you for uh, all the time that you've afforded us here uh, over the uh, the year. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's really been fun. I enjoy being it. And I really do appreciate the callers. I think it's really um, fun to be able to, you know, hear from the, from people in the community and have answer questions that are are out there right now. So here, here. Thank you yeah. to the callers as well. Uh, Beaver Dam Mayor Becky Gluen, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday to you and yours. Merry Christmas. And that is going to do it for today's community comment.